Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Can't get that imaginary squatch meat out of your teeth, guys. Well, no, no more worry anymore. Oh, I'm doing that. Well, no, well, no need to worry any longer, guys. There's now something called shoe floss. Tough enough for your shoes to tie them together, and tough enough to get that squatch meat out of your teeth. Eat all you want and don't feel any regret. Check it out at Carl's Sick for Eating at Sasquatch.com. What's going on, B&B? This is Derek, and with me today is the only man who considers rubbing his temples not only for relieving headaches, but also he feels like it allows him to communicate with the forest animals. Carl Mandrioli. Hello, How everybody. How are we? Are we good? I am excellent, my friend. This is Derek Somerville. He's the guy you hold the door open for, and he walks right through without saying anything. I'm going to continue to not say anything. And uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Everybody loves that guy, right? We all do. We all do. Yeah, we have some uh, We have some interviews today. We have a couple interviews today. Okay, so we got two gear companies that we're pretty excited about, and one... We'll let you interpret one that, yeah, <laughs> is is doable, but I don't know. I don't want to. I don't know how to how to phrase it. We'll we'll let every have their own interpretation. So, yeah. Uh, before we get to that, though, I just want to celebrate that we have a new Patreon supporter, and it seems like it's been forever since we've had a Patreon. New one. Yes. So, yeah. Welcome to Dylan from Washington. I think he's technically from Montana. But uh, Dylan moved to Washington. He's been doing a lot of backpacking out there. He's got a Rocky-sized or weighted backpack at 50 pounds. So he's hoping to learn how to shave some weight and make some decisions about what to bring and what not to bring. Take the rock out. There you go. Yeah. But one thing he does that I'm starting to get more and more into is he he, he goes backpacking frequently with his dog. Oh. So. Okay. Yeah. 
Have you, have you gone backpack with a dog before? I don't yeah. have a dog, but uh, I probably would. I, I probably would, or at least go day hike <laughs> with a dog, for sure. Okay, A, you used to have a dog, and B, you could go with somebody else that had a dog. I used to have a dog like years ago, but uh, I did yeah. actually go hiking with that dog on some day hikes. I didn't go backpacking, though. Um, okay. But I would. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, for sure. Do you Do you like taking your animals on trips and stuff, or no? I, I'm not a big pet person. You have a cat? Why don't you put your cat in your backpack, you know? Yeah, we could. I, well, I hate cats, so that's not going to work. But mm, mm. we, yeah, we brought our dog the last time. Or, yeah, on our last family trip, last two. How'd that go? It went good. The dog did great. You seem like you're avoiding the uh, answer. Was that awkward? Did he sleep in the tent with you? The dog slept in the tent with us and mm. chased down some grizzly, grizzly bears up in Canada. Okay. Not really, but could are have. You, are you the guy getting up with him at four in the morning taking pee or... What's it's not that kind of, of dog. Doesn't do that. It's not that kind of dog. He no. can handle it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Sounds like the dog of all dogs. Well done. Thanks for talking about dogs. Appreciate that. Good intro, Mr. Derek. So I appreciate it. I, I was just trying to celebrate best. that we got a Patreon supporter. Honestly, the Patreon folks are the, what's helping us bring season six to everybody here that's starting here soon. And so we just really appreciate all the support. Yes. As I mentioned, we don't we haven't had or don't get a whole lot of new folks joining us recently. We've got a lot of bonus episodes on the Patreon, not to mention the Patreon trips, which we think are awesome. So if you've been on the fence, don't be shy. Now's the time, guys. Now's the time. Now's the time. Okay. So before we get to our companies, the gear companies that we checked in with, I've got Colossians 323, our Bible verse of the episode. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Ooh. I feel like a couple companies we're featuring today are doing just that. Yeah. Passionate. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Derek, in life, what do you work heartily at? Being your friend daily. Okay. Um, that's a <laughs> lot of a lot of work and a lot of suffrage. <laughs> but a lot of laughs as well. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's good. That's good. I couldn't come up with an answer for that, so that's why I asked you. You don't, you don't, you don't work hard at anything. Wow. No, I meant for you. I couldn't come up with an answer for you. Oh. I work hard at a lot of stuff. Well, you know. Besides being a dad, what do you got? Besides being a dad, what do you got? <laughs> do you have a serious answer? That is my answer, being your friend. Being your friend is my answer. It's a lot of work. All right. I think that that answers the question is... in more ways than mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we got two companies here, and... Well, we got three companies technically, but we, we really are featuring two companies on the show. Full disclosure, we are not sponsored by these companies. No. All right. We chose to have these companies on our show. In fact, one of them was suggested to us by one of our Patreon supporters. And so no, no sponsorships. And one company, we've used some of their stuff, and one company, we haven't. So right. we'll let you interpret it, check things out, investigate on your own. We're not making any claims. We're just interested in checking out new backpacking companies or, or companies that we think can help the backpacking public out there. Yeah, get, get the name out there. Get there's They got some you know creative stuff that could help a lot of people probably. Even if it doesn't help us or if we don't use it, I think it still can apply to quite a few people. Yeah, exactly. All right, first up, we've got Chicken Tramper Gear with Austin and Nathan. Okay, we are here with Austin and Nathan from Chicken Tramper. How's it going, guys? Yeah, going really great, thanks. It's going good. Great to be here. So, gentlemen, Backpacking Magazine has Chicken Tramper ranked as the third best animal named outdoor gear brand. (laughs) Can you guess the other two by any chance? 
it, it just took a lot of work to get here. We've been climbing this list for a while now, uh, but the other two. Yeah. <laughs> the animal list? Yeah, yeah, no, we've been trying to get on this animal list for years. It's hard. It's really hard. <laughs> it's hard, especially especially in Backpacking Magazine. All right, so so do you have any, any guesses as to who else is on the animal list? I don't. Nathan, you got any? I mean, Osprey, that's the one I can think of. <laughs> Osprey, Osprey number one, ding Osprey. ding ding, yeah, yeah, one of your competitors, yep. Derek. Do you have another one by any chance? Do you know? Is it? Yeah, I, I saw. Well, my my intel said uh, Squatch and stuff was still Squatch up there. And stuff. So I don't know if that's, that's like number five. They're that, they're ahead of Squatch and stuff. Oh, is it? Yeah. They dropped down. They dropped down. They couldn't yeah. find Squatch. We got. I got. I got Marmot at number two. Marmot. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. legit. Yeah. yeah. All right. I love me some Marmot. Before we jump in, so I I've been kind of on your social media and just kind of poking around. So Austin, I had a question for you because I, I, you put out some videos like on Instagram. Are you still like going with the mustache? <laughs> I am still a full mustache. Full mustache. Yeah, I'm going starting to curl it too, like I did back in college. Oh, there you go. Okay, so this is this is something that's been happening for a while. All right, so you know Derek and Derek especially, but we're older older guys. So this whole you know mustache revolution, I'm not really tracking with this. So. Why? Why is my question? Why the mustache? Did you just call it a mustache? You just called it a mustache revolution. I did. Because I'm so, seeing them everywhere, yeah. and they don't look very good on most people. Huh. Are you <laughs> saying that he doesn't look good with a mustache? Is that what you're saying? On air? Maybe. Maybe. Wow. That's... Yeah. I must ask you, you know, what, what's your thing with beards? <laughs> like, do you like beards, or is it just the mustache that you don't like? Fair. Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I have the facial hair out of laziness, but the mustache is just a fun thing. Um, I shaved into a mustache for uh, a running race this year because I normally cut my hair or something, but I did the mustache this time because I liked my hair where I was. Okay. just gives me something new to, like, you know, fire myself up. That explains it. Carl doesn't like fun, so he wouldn't get what you're, you know, trying <laughs> <Yeah>. to do. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, Derek gets it. I mean, I, I'm I'm tracking. My dad had a mustache. He, he pulled it off well, so right. props. Derek, Derek will take your side every single time, no matter what we're talking about, just FYI. I've grown a mustache. Have you ever grown a mustache, Carl? I've grown a mustache. <laughs> Not a straight mustache. I've, I'm the beard guy, but that's typically just for the winter can time. You, so. Can you grow a full... He, I think he's jealous because he can only do like a patchy beard, not like a full beard. So I think oh there's some gosh. jealousy in the, the skills of growing hair. <laughs> he, so you think this is... A, so you think this is like a self-esteem type of question. All right. Yeah. Nathan, I got a question for you. So I've been picking on Austin already. I got to pick on you a little bit here. So I was on I was on the website, and you have like the backstory page on the website, mm-hmm. and then at the at the bottom of the backstory page, there's two pictures, and so one looks clearly, you know, like Austin's facing forward. So I'm assuming the second picture is of you, and because you're it looks like you're the picture's from behind, like you're hiking, yeah, and you've got a backpack that looks you know, like loaded as if you're like making deliveries out on the trail. Like you're like the Amazon truck for the trail. Is that what's going on with that? Uh, so yeah, so that was the backpack that I made to hike with on the trail. So it doesn't look anything like the backpacks we make now does, but yeah, that was my original Mach one backpack loaded down. Like you said, with a bunch of stuff. <laughs> nice. Mach yeah. It looked like one. you had like multiple sleeping pads, maybe a couple sleeping bags as well. Is that <laughs> my, I won't lie to you. I definitely <laughs> had way more stuff than I needed out there, but <laughs> not to okay. that degree, but yeah. I did have a bunch of extra stuff. Gotcha. So since That's that picture's funny. been taken, have you pared down, or are you still are you kind of more the the guy that brings a lot of stuff? Uh, well, I still do bring too much stuff, but it's definitely down from where it used to be. But I've shaved gotcha. a few, you know, pounds off my base weight, so that feels good. Okay. Well done, man. All right. So, <laughs> wow. 
let's let's talk about the name. Let's talk about the name Chicken Tramper. Yeah. Let's tell us the story. Where did this thing come from? How did it come to be? Yeah, so the story sort of starts in that Nathan and I decided we wanted to start this company, and we were in Milwaukee, came up with all these great designs for accessories, the backpack, and all we needed to do was pick a name so we could get the website, the LSC paperwork done. So we were on the couch spitballing every night for a couple of weeks, trying to figure it out and just throwing names around. And this word tramper got texted to me uh, from my trail family, this fun word, uh, it's from New Zealand to, to oh, hike yeah. long distances over rough terrain it for is. recreation. We're like, all right, that's, that's a vibe. And then chicken uh, is a bit of a different story there. Yeah, the chicken comes with like the logo that we have. So the logo is like a stick figure chicken, like an abstract chicken head. Uh, and so that comes from Austin and I are both members of Five Capital Fraternity. And one of the alumni or a couple of the alumni back in the 80s and stuff would draw all these stick figure animals. And uh, the one that survived was this one, which is the international sign of the chicken. So you like pull a picture off the wall of somebody and they've like signed their name and draw the chicken on there. Or it's like under the stairs where somebody fixed the stairs. They like wrote the, the year that they fixed it and then drew the chicken. And so we got all the Dan Lorenz, who's the guy that drew it. And we're like, hey, can we like, you know, use this in our name and like put our as our logo and like use this for the business? And he's like, oh, you mean everybody around the country is going to have like the international sign of the chicken. We're like, yeah, probably a lot of people. And he's like, Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Go ahead and do that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Easy done. There you go. <laughs> I realize now that we made that happen for Dan. It, it wasn't international except yeah. by name uh, until we started selling overseas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got the logo. It, it was, you know, we liked the cheekiness of it. It's a little cheeky. Nice, nice. So you kind of revealed a little bit about the backstory in terms of getting the, the Chicken Tramper brand going, but the backstory is interesting. There's a lot more to it. So I, I kind of cycled through that on the website as well, and it seems like you each kind of have your individual story. So, so Austin, he, I don't, like my comprehension skills aren't very solid, so I'm probably pretty far off here. But as I was looking through there, my takeaway from the backstory was that there's two friends that have a passion, like a shared passion for sewing machines. Is that <laughs> anywhere close to the backstory? Yeah, we, we grew up learning to repair them from a young age. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, so yeah, so how, does this all, so how does this, yeah, how did this all kind of come together? This really was just a random string of events that led to this beautiful company that we run now. Um, when we were in college, we were going to go hike the PCT after we graduated, and I just didn't want to pay a bunch of money for a lighter backpack. My backpack was heavy. So I knew I could right. sew because I had sewn one stitch in my entire life uh, to make a tent pull bag out of a sleeve of a flannel. Um, so wow. I was like, yeah, I can definitely make a backpack. That sounds like something I can do. Hmm. Um, turns out wait a minute. Was... Wait, hold on. So wait, 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 wait. So you took, you cut the sleeve yep. off of a flannel shirt. You sewed the, the bottom sure. hole yep. and then you stuck tent poles inside. Yep. Yeah. That, that was my experience. Dude, I really like that idea. I actually needed, like, I lost one of my tentpole stuff sacks. I might I might do that. Why actually. wouldn't you? That's really interesting. So, yeah, if yeah. you want to learn how to sew, it's a great, simple way. Or you could just hit us up and we'll make you a really cheap one that's a lot lighter and better. But, yeah, no, we, we'd be happy. <laughs> did you know, and, by, and, and side note, side note, did you know that there's a whole very large backpacking-based company that's made a business out of cutting shirt sleeves off of shirts? Did you know that? Oh, no way. What's that? Yeah. They're called Buff. 
buff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. Sorry. Go, so okay. So you started with with sewing some shirt sleeves, yep. and then what happened? Yeah, so then I downloaded some patterns online that I found, did a lot of research on the MyOg subreddit to make your own gear, and uh, basically just took these designs someone put out there to help other people with their journey. I modified them, ran a lot of ideas by Nathan. He's the one that came up with the carbon fiber arrow shafts as a frame, um, mm. which was really smart because I like was stuck on the whole frame part of my design for a while, and then he helped me out there. And finished my backpack turned out pretty cool uh nathan who was also going to go hike thought yeah I'll, I'll do that too and he can take it from here but he made some some improvements on that uh yeah so i mean it was pretty much more or less the same design as austin's with the frame and all that stuff uh but then i like added the fanny pack on the front that like clips on the front of the hip belt so that's something that okay. we still do um but yeah just a few like odds and ends and then you know we didn't really know how to make a good frame so there were a lot of different iterations of mm. oh is this gonna work or is this not gonna yeah. work a lot of them did not work at all <laughs> so right a lot of, you know iteration through all that okay so the fanny pack clips onto the hip belt i think is what you're saying yeah yeah so they're like right. running the strap behind you it just had like an extra set of buckles that were on top Crazy. of the hip belt and then that okay. clipped into that just right directly on front Man, we had a guy on our last trip who had like the separate fanny pack and he actually lost it during the trip. So that would have been, yeah, that's a whole separate story, but oh, that would have been helpful. And then, okay. yeah, that's ingenious. I like that. And fanny packs kind of, yeah, are are definitely becoming more trendy as far as wearing those with the backpacks. Yeah, they're coming back. They yeah. are. They are. So interesting. Okay. The sense I'm getting is part of the motivation for doing this was college guys, where you're looking for quality gear, but you don't want to pay like the premium, you know, cottage industry brand price. Exactly. On it. So, exactly. so is your angle basically just more affordable backpacking gear or backpack specifically that still has the same lightweight functions as like competing brands? That definitely might have been, you know, at the beginning, we, we didn't want to pay, so we ended up making our own. Um, but along the journey, we sort of found what the values of the company were. And while we like to okay. keep everything super fairly priced, it's pretty hard to do when we don't outsource any of our manufacturing overseas. Everything that we sell is made in Michigan. Okay. Um, but I, I'd say the more important things to us than, than cost would be durability um, and then lightweight. So our mm -hmm. gear is going to be a little heavier than our, you know, direct competition in the cottage industry, but it's going to last longer, which if you think about it, if you only have to buy one of ours, but you got to buy two of theirs, that is hmm. in the end cheaper for the consumer. Yeah. We've been talking about that with different, with different folks about some of the different fabrics that are being used where one of the, like my current lightweight setup right now, if I do anything that's going to rub against a tree or if we're going to Canyonlands National Park and we're going to be clambering over rocks, it's getting torn up. So yeah, the durability is definitely a key piece for sure. But your, but your prices are, I mean, they're pretty much on par with pretty, like not the cottage industry ones, not like the $600 backpacks, but more like your standard everyday backpacks you see at like your outdoor retailer show. Is that, or it, sorry, at the outdoor retailer store, is that correct? Yeah, we're trying to keep it all, you know, pretty within the market with what everybody else is. And yeah, it's a lot easier with like our accessories and small stuff like that. So we try and make sure that everything's at least competitive, you know, with all of our smaller things. And then, you know, with our backpacks as well, we try and keep them as low as possible. And speaking of the accessories, so what, what are your most popular accessories? 
Uh, that would be our water bottle sleeves. Uh, so they're mm. in three different sizes now, the 0.7 liter, the one liter, and the Canuck, uh water bottle sleeve size. But we'd probably okay. do, I don't know, five or 600 of those a month maybe we have to make. So the so Derek, the, so the water bottle sleeve, they're talking about you know attaching it to the front shoulder strap. Are you... You haven't done that before, have you? I haven't sleeved it. You've clipped, aqua clipped it, but I haven't sleeved oh, it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Would you sleeve Would it? You be, well, I'm asking you that question. Are you up for that? Uh, I might try it. Sure. I would try a sleeve. Okay. Try the sleeve? Yeah. Yeah. What's What's the feedback you're getting on the sleeve? It, what Does somebody have, like, like, is there a preferred size or? Like, if you guys want to know what's wrong with it, just send one to Carl. He'll tell you what's wrong with it. That is correct. That is absolutely correct. <laughs> <laughs> correct. Yeah, uh, we'll absolutely send you guys some, and then uh, we we plan to make a discount code with you guys that you we, we can give to all your listeners as well, so we can come up with a, what the code is, and I'll I'll enter that in tonight, so so it's nice. ready for them. Excellent, thank you. Uh, about the sleeve though, I, I can talk to the different sizes. That's really a preference thing, um, but it's hard not to brag when I, <laughs> I like talk about what consumers say about our sleeve because nice. we get yeah, so go many- ahead and brag. So many reviews where they say, I've tried every sleeve from every company and yours is the best. Really? Um, okay. Yeah, we, we get a lot of that. And I'm it's, it's because of the materials that we use. So we use a stiff material, X-Pac VX07. It keeps the rim open so you can use it one-handed, no problem. Uh, okay, that's that was my question. Oh, that's a huge okay. feature. So huge. tracking pulls yeah. in one hand, grab exactly. out of it with the other. And then if you're using the sport gotcha. cap, which you should be using a sport cap, you can open it up with one hand and, and take a swig. Right. Yeah. If I were to suggest one, I'd suggest the 0.7 smart liter uh, okay. smart water bottle because you okay. can put a one liter in there too if you want um, just by lifting the cord over the top instead of cinching it shut with the cord lock. Is that going to include like a sport, like a regular sport water bottle? I'm, th- I'm trying to think of what I have. Like, I think it's like a... 30 ounce or something it's designed for the smart water bottle specifically it looks like specifically yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a little bit yeah. thinner right. it's a little bit thinner yeah they're, okay. they're kind of yeah. narrow and tall oh, okay yeah. okay okay yeah okay the the canox sleeve that might fit your sport bottle which is more of a biking okay. bottle is what i'm imagining yeah, yeah, yeah. correct and okay if you guys haven't heard of canox awesome brands they've got these sweet vecto like you know Ladders and stuff, yep. but but their water bottle. They're trying to disrupt the smart water bottle thing on trail with um, a sustainable version of it. That's really cool. Hmm. Yeah, they're like these collapsible vinyl ones that you can you know ball up when you're done with them, which are pretty nice. So okay, so have you had any demand for a water bottle sleeve to fit a Nalgene bottle? Yeah, we have had a lot of people ask us for that. <laughs> really? Are you serious? Wow. That's cr- that's crazy. People that crazy. love the Nalgene, Carl. Yeah, yep. they do. They do. Okay. Um, all right. So here's so here's I'm just gonna give you a story real quick about me using a similar device. Derek already mentioned the Aqua Clip, and you mm-hmm. can tell me if if how this played out, if this would play out with your. Um, your water bottle sleeve. So, <laughs> so this is a few years ago, Derek and I were hiking in Olympic national park in Washington and we came across a, a Sasquatch carcass oh, and boy. we're like, Whoa, <laughs> let's check this out. So I, I kneeled down, like I, the camera was on. So I actually have a video of this. I kneeled down to check it out and to kind of go through it. And as I was kneeling down, my water bottle popped off of my shoulder strap into the carcass. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, thereby rendering it useless for the rest of the trip and disgusting. So, so if I'm using your water bottle uh, sleeve, is that a scenario that could happen? Uh, I would say no. <laughs> well, yeah. 
I'd say no. <laughs> There's always user error, but no. There's always a chance. But... Thank you. Thank you. I was going to say yes because he used the Aqua Clip incorrectly. So uh, there's a good chance he could do the no, same with yours. No, so. no. That, the way that it was being warm He was could fine. be the exception to the rule. No, yeah. Yeah, I know that Derek and I can find ways to make things fail, but generally speaking, it looks like it like it locks in and sort of cinches to the point where if it you know if you're bending down or if you're if you put your backpack down and it's still attached, it's not going to fall out. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's a locking mechanism for the bottle in there for sure. So, did you you know contact the proper authorities to recover this Sasquatch carcass because that's a pretty big discovery. That belongs in a museum. Yeah. He laid. He just laid next to it and took a bunch of pictures. Yeah. We t- we made a video about it and then we put it on YouTube and so we feel like that's <laughs> like we feel like yeah, the YouTube yeah, audience is probably the proper authorities, right? So okay, getting back to the backpacks though, just it looks like at this point you're talking about you know dealing with like local or at least stateside manufacturing and. It looks like demand is very high for your stuff. You're sold out of a couple items currently, correct? Yeah, we're sold out of uh, a few things. We're doing a better job about like keeping our accessories and stuff in stock, but yeah, we still kind Ooh. of fall out of stock every once in a while, uh, especially on like phones and uh, the zipper pockets, which are super popular. And then right now, we're actually taking a okay. pause on taking orders for backpacks, uh, just because for well, for a while we were only doing four a month, hmm. and those were selling out on the first day. Uh, which was good for a while, but then, you know, the queue just ended up getting so long and we had so many backpacks backlog that we just had to take a pause on selling them all. Uh, so we're not taking any, any orders on okay. the full size bags right now. People can still order like the day pack sizes, but we're still trying to whittle down all of the backpacks in the list. And then once we get through that, we're going to do a little uh, revamping and revising of our process and all that kind of stuff before we bring them back. Uh, but then we're talking about trying maybe yeah. stock those because right now they're all custom. They're all custom color, custom size. Uh, so torso and base, oh, which is right, why right. it adds so much time because you got to figure out all the different sizing and panels and pieces and get all that together and make sure you don't put the wrong oh, hip God. belt on the wrong backpack and all that fun stuff. Uh, but yeah, so once we get that figured out, we're talking about maybe stocking them and having them, uh, you know, ship within the week or something like that. Mm. And just, you know, putting all the parts together that are the right size and standardizing the colors. Uh, but we're not quite sure when we're going to get to that yet. I don't. I don't think I realized how custom this was for. So you get kind of a lot of bang for your buck with this. Yeah. Do you have like a time frame as far as if people are trying to pop on your site if they're looking specifically for the backpacks? You have a time frame, whether it's even even you know a long time from now when you expect to to have these kind of up and running or ready to go. Yeah. If I were to try and let people know how to figure that out, I would suggest they just sign up for the email newsletter or follow us on Instagram because we'll make a big fuss about it when we do release the packs. Um, Initially, when we instituted the pause, we were thinking fall and fall is coming and that's not going to happen. So right Hmm. now we're staying early next year. Uh, We think we should at least um, have some packs available by early next year. Good deal. Just to kind of wrap up. So with all the gear that you have, currently offered you would say chicken tramper gear is best suited for what kind of backpacker nathan i would say people who are sort of transitioning into ultralight and still want to have you know a lighter loadout and a lighter experience but you know want quality gear that's going to last uh so people that are you know not quite to the point where they're just going to hike with a backpack with no hip belt or anything like that uh but still in that ultralight market uh for you know, 30 to 35 pounds, sort of like that. Okay. All right. 
Sounds like they are the fine line of like durability, lightweight, right on the cusp. <laughs> yeah. Right, 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 right. You can use okay. that if you want. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> <that's>, uh, <laughs> okay. All right. So you, you kind of already mentioned Instagram. Um, yeah. So so yeah. So where can we find you? Like you know, what's your what's what's your website? Where are you on social media? What's what's your handle? Plug it. Yeah, you guys can find our website chickentrampergear.com. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram, and our handle for that is loading uh, chicken underscore tramper underscore gear. Um, okay. We're on Facebook. Uh, we don't really, we're not really active on Facebook. We just have all of our Instagram posts and stories shoot over there. Uh, we do have right, a YouTube right, right. channel with a couple of explainer videos, and there should be more videos coming to that in the future. Mm, okay. um, and Any then, yeah, Sasquatch videos coming? Uh, you know, we love the squatch. We've listened to podcasts on it. We're, we're open, but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. And then let's stay tuned. Let's decide on a discount code for you guys. What do you think of B and B 15 or something like that? Yeah. So like B, the letter B, the letter N and the letter B. Is that what you're saying? And then one five and you'll get 15% off, um, any of our accessories or totes or dog bowls or anything like that. Okay. Yeah. We'll we'll include, we'll include that plus the uh, website and social media in our show description as well so awesome. yeah yeah appreciate you guys doing that i would be up for checking out yeah the water bottle sleeve specifically since it sounds like you have that in stock and uh yeah and we can yeah i'll, I'll hover the backpack yeah. over all sorts of carcasses <laughs> to see how well it works you gotta test it out man oh jeez. that's right that we will right. that we will um all right hey gentlemen really appreciate your time and uh appreciate all you're doing yes. for the backpacking world yes. And we look forward to continue to root for your up and coming company and hopefully we'll have you on as uh, you continue to progress. Yeah. Good luck with everything. guys. Yeah, Thank you so much. It was great having you having me on here and yeah, it was great. Yeah. Thanks so much guys. All right, my friend, what did you think about chicken tramper? Uh, chicken tramper. Uh, nice guys. Fun guys. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I like that. They're kind of like, you know, that line between like the whole lightweight, if, you know, family of people and then the whole durable, heavier gear family of people. That's a little bit of both for both worlds. And there is there are so many times where we are, maybe we're going down somewhere or we're brushing up against something. And I just had a rip in my Osprey pack. Uh, I think it was two years ago. And I had to mail, you know, we talked about mailing it in. So right. um, it's nice to know that there's affordable, durable, semi-lightweight gear out there for people. And apparently they're doing custom colors as well. But um they do. They've got a lot of colors, and there's. Yeah. When I first saw it, they had, I think they called it like federal yellow, and I was like, "Whoa, that looks very institutional." But federal then when you click yellow. on it, there's like, yeah, there's like bright bold colors, and I was like, "Oh, there's a lot of options here." So yeah. yeah, yeah, I like that for sure. You know, I can be a little picky with the colors, but um, true, true. You just you didn't want to just get black. One of my one of my packs is black. It's like black and gray. Yeah. Would you Would you ever get a white pack? No. No, <laughs> white, pink, purple, and anything that's like poopy colored or pukey colored is out. Poopy, pukey, got it. Right. Okay. Right. No booger green, no puke yellow. Well, you ha- yeah, I had okay. the puke yellow from Granite Gear. I have another Granite Gear pack now, which is like kind of more black right, and gray. Right. So I take the black over all that for sure. Black, black seems so blah though. Well, it's not just yeah. like completely black. It's not like a piece of luggage. It's yeah, it's got some. You know, trim color. It's got like a, like a sil like a silver zipper. Yeah, 
maybe sure a gold zipper a gold like the golden zipper <laughs> <laughs> that's exciting yeah good job i've got the, my mystery ranch pack is orange and it's a good color orange i'm digging that one for sure but see that, that'd be fun this is, this fun. is a lot of chat yeah. about backpacks colors nice but uh, <laughs> well I, i'm glad you recognize that good your job. analysis of kind of who they are and what they're all about i think is pretty accurate so I would go with that. And I think that, yeah, when you look at their pack design, it does come across as a lightweight pack. So I think it is going to be on the lighter side. But they said that it kind of fits the mold of people that are typically taking the 30 to 35 pound range. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Which which, which sounds heavy to us, but that honestly is, I'm going to say that's going to hit 60%. This is just from my own observation, 60 to 60 to 65% of your backpacking population. Is, is that a stat that's accurate or just you just made that up? Um, I, I got a pretty good cross section of backpackers on my last trip where we had a bunch of folks from experience to newbies go. And okay. most of them like over, like probably that, probably that 70% rage had that weight of pack to mm. be honest. Yeah. Okay. okay. And I actually had probably heavier than that at times because of the structure of the trip and what I was right. forced right. to carry. So yeah. Forced, yeah. exactly. Forced. We'll get back to that later, but it's unfortunate for you. You sound like you care. Uh, yeah, thirty. <laughs> no, I don't really. Uh, thirty thirty-five is yeah, sounds about right, and um, I, I think that is good that they're making them more durable. I, I'm curious to see like what the materials made of. Um, you can just check on their website, dude. Just look on the website. Well, I, ha- I haven't even looked at it yet. I'm excited right, to do that. Good research. I want to um, <laughs> just. <laughs> <laughs> you right. just told me about Chicken Tramper maybe an hour ago, so. I haven't had a chance to look at it yet, but I will. They use X-Pack VX21. Are you reading that as you tell me? Yeah. You So you it. didn't know. You didn't know until you did it right then. Awesome. So there's people that are very passionate about, you know, pack materials and tent materials. I'm not that guy, but I know there's a lot of folks out there that do want to know that. So I couldn't even tell you much about that particular fabric, but it, um, but it's a waterproof material, but they do not seal the seams, they said. So during hmm. heavier rain... Watch Water out. can seep in through the seams, but it's a heavier duty material. It's more durable. So it's, right. they say it's balanced between lightweight and durability, like we talked about. So, yeah. So let's just make a note. You just mocked me for not knowing it. And then you read it for the first time. As well, you're talking. Me. Yeah. Okay. Fair uh, enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See the irony uh, there, folks? <laughs> See the irony there. You're the one that brought up the topic. If I don't know something, I'm not going to bring up and talk about it. You're like, you don't know that? <laughs> Hold on. Let me Google it. I got to check I'm it out gonna first. I'm not going to, like, if I know that there's an area that I'm deficient in, I'm not going to highlight that as part of my response to the interview. <laughs> you're, you're just, like, plowing through. You're like, let's talk about the material that I don't know about. Let's. How do I learn about it? I got to talk about it, right? You got to tell me to look it up. So that's what I did for you. You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks. I think. Any other takeaways? What you got? Um. No, I think no. I, I'd like to try out that. Uh, what were we talking? We we're talking about the water bottle sleeve. I think we're going to try those yeah. out. And uh, yeah, I'm curious. What about the backpack that has the fanny pack that connects to the hip belt? Now you all know. You all know I love a good fanny pack from my yeah. first trip. So. Um, would Did I wear, that? but would I wear now in this day and age a fanny pack for me? No, probably not. Cause I think I'm just trending more lightweight than, than okay. is expected with that. But, um, I think for a lot gotcha. of people, I think having a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff like right, right there as you're walking on the trail, like accessible would be very helpful and convenient. So, yeah. um, okay. Yeah, and it straps, right? We're talking about it straps to the pack, so that's that's yeah, gonna, clips in. You're not going to lose it. Yeah, there was a guy on our on our last trip, same trip I'm referencing in the trip. We'll call it the newbie trip. Yeah, and 
he's this guy was experienced, but his solution to wanting to constantly be eating snacks on the trail was mm. not to have a fanny pack, but to have more of like a chest like trough? sternum strap bag. Yeah, kind of like a trough, like an eating trough. That's what I called it for sure. Oh, wow. And I'm like, dude, if you can raise that up a little bit, you can just dip your face into that thing <laughs> and start chowing down. Uh, and every, so everybody kind of poked fun at it, but he could literally store quite a bit, a few snacks in that thing. That's hilarious. And um, I, I would guess that the fanny pack would be a better solution, to be honest. Okay. Would you ever use a fanny pack? No. No. Not my thing. Because the hip built okay. pockets right. and then things like the water bottle sleeve, like that solves the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that the fanny pack's trying to solve for me. So, good question, though. That's true. That's true. All right. Well, thanks so much okay. to Chicken Tramper. Thanks to Austin and Nathan. So, check them out. Yes. And we got, like I said, the the links in our show description. So, next up, this is a company we have talked about before. And we talked about actually having the owner of the company on our show. This is Amy from Salty Britches. Britches. <laughs> All right, so I'm here with Amy from Salty Britches. How's it going today? Hi, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been a good day down here in hot South Carolina. (laughs) (laughs) South Carolina, yeah. So, um, well, welcome. And yeah, let's let's get right to the kind of the South Carolina twist we have on things already. So your company is Salty Britches. Can you give me like a definition of the word britches yes i mean that's the southern term for pants like i thought that was like an old school term that like my grandma used to say so is it are people still saying that is that still a thing well we do okay okay <laughs> all right so what so salty britches like so salty pants like what, what do you got going on here what's the, what's the backstory with your company here oh it's so crazy so when our son was young six or seven years old we would go to the beach on vacation along with a million of our other friends It was, you know, the beach vacations are just something you look forward to every year. And he really started to get in the ocean and play. And within five, 10 minutes, he was coming back to us walking like a cowboy with crocodile tears. He was miserable. (laughs) And it just, it really happened to him really, really early in the day. Um, So exposure to salt water just did not agree with his skin. And he was so miserable. So I just went on you know, the hunt for a solution. We went to the high-end surf shops, we went to the pharmacies and it was all the same, you know, use a diaper cream or, you know, cut the net out of the swim trunks, which just did not matter. And he would Mm -hmm. get it on his thighs. He would get it on his belly. He'd get it on his underarms for hanging onto a boogie board. He was pretty particular about like a white diaper cream. It was just always such a mess. And so I was tasked with, um, with finding a solution for him that was clear, that would last all day in salt water, that would, did not burn, um, that would soothe the rash after the fact if he didn't put it on beforehand. You know, that was that was the goal. So, and I just took to my kitchen because we could not find a solution. And we tried everything. I mean, we, we bought everything that was available um, in the surf shops, on Amazon, in the pharmacy, and it just, there just wasn't a good, robust solution. So I created it for him and we made it for four years just for him and a couple of other friends and their kids without realizing it was a solution to a bigger problem. We just didn't know. And what what year did this kind of process start? Oh gosh, probably 2014 um, is when we really began making it for him and trying to come up with a good formula. And then in 2017, we were actually at the beach and another... 
mom that was with us said, you know, you need to post this on Facebook that you have a solution to this. And I'm like, mm. you know, this, you know, I mean, do I really I have such a love hate relationship with social media? <laughs> and I didn't even have an Instagram account at the time. It was just a Facebook account, my personal Facebook page. And she's like, no, you need to let other moms know that you have this. So you're letting them know that you have it, not giving like the formula at this point. No, I didn't give the formula. Thank okay. goodness. I had enough foresight for that. <laughs> I, I, my post was, hey, moms, if you're getting ready to go to the beach and your kid suffers from saltwater chafing, I think I have a solution. Okay. And I had over 700 comments and messages and instant messages from that post. It just blew up. Right. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is a much bigger problem than I thought it was. And I cannot meet this demand unless I do it the right way. So right there on the beach after that post, I set up an LLC through LegalZoom. You're not messing around. You're like on the beach, on the no. phone, on the phone you're doing this? Yeah, I got online. Okay. <laughs> I got online to LegalZoom, set up an account. Oh my goodness. Um, named my company, the whole thing immediately. Because I thought if I'm going to have to buy raw materials for all of this, I've got to right. be able to do the tax, the taxes the right way. Right. So um, I went to my online to my bank, set up a new account for the business so that I could go online and order all of my raw materials. And okay. I did every bit of that that day on the beach. Okay. That is amazing. <laughs> That's I like that. I don't have that foresight or that spirit of entrepreneurship. So I highly respect people that do. So the, the initial idea was to, it was to deal with, you know, like you mentioned before coastal situations on the beach and kids going to the beach or people that just get the rashes or the yes. chafing from the salt water, but that's obviously since blown up since into to a lot more than that. You, you've been more into the outdoors endurance community, correct? Yes. Yeah. That, that was so wild how it kind of happened. So we were in a store that happened to be a triathlon store on the beach in Hilton Head, okay. South Carolina, and some triathletes walked in and bought our product and loved it and started mm. communicating with us and posting about it. Uh, so I set up an Instagram page because that's what they told me to do. They're like, you know, we're talking about this on Instagram. You have to have an Instagram page. So I set up an Instagram page. Right. Those two guys became my very first ambassadors. They're still ambassadors today. Oh, my goodness. George Marino and John Duberly. And they're based in the low country of South Carolina. They're both amazing athletes. So they got they kind of introduced us into the triathlon world and into the running space. And uh, really, Chad Wright, um, retired Navy SEAL, we, we reached out to him on Instagram because I saw he was running really long distances, 50, 100 miles. And I'm like, right. gosh, if anybody needs salty britches, this guy needs it. So I reached out to him. <laughs> this was very right. early on. I'm not even sure if he had completely retired from the military yet. And he okay. responded right away and said, yeah, send it to me. I'll let you know what I think. And then he called me and said, this stuff's great. It's great. You need to pursue it. You need to go for it. And then he single-handedly got us introduced to the ultra running community, which by the mm. way, we did not know was a thing. I had no idea people ran that far at one right. time. Like I did not know that that subculture existed. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can call it a subculture or you can call it like, you know, the superhumans of the world because it's right? crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. We do a lot of that. And then we also do a lot with the military. And that was important to us early on. We're just patriotic people. We really support our military and love our country. And turns out there were some special forces that uh, trained close to where we live. And they found our product and contacted me and said, hey, can you make this in a black tube? 
And we're like, oh, really? Absolutely, we can. <laughs> so that's how. Just black, black to blend in, so it doesn't pop or stand out. Is that you the know? Thought? I think that ideally, but um, it just has more of a marketing appeal to those guys instead okay. of the whimsical packaging our blue packaging they wanted something a little more tough masculine i guess yeah, yeah. Okay. so uh those guys actually are very good friends of mine now and and i see them often and um active duty special forces sat down at a table with me they came up with the logo for the black tube they came up with the copy on front of the tube mm -hmm. so we have a great relationship with them um so yeah between the coastal space the ultra endurance space and then the military space uh, we're, we're pretty busy. And, and obviously there's other stuff out there that tries to solve the chafing issue. So like, would you say in this same space, would you say that body glide, is that your number one competitor or is it somebody else? Body glide definitely has been around the longest and they have the okay. name recognition for sure. They are definitely number one in the space for now. Okay. We are the only product that is an East coast based and formulated product specifically to withstand really extreme conditions such as salt water, such as high heat and humidity. Right. All okay. of the other competitors are West coast brands. And what we have learned okay. is they just don't seem robust enough to last in the extreme conditions that you experience on the East coast. Um, so that's okay. really been our niche. That's where we have taken market share um, and have gotten the reputation as being kind of the nuclear option. You know, if you need something that's really going to stick to your skin and really last, then that's salty bridge. Okay. And so, so just to, to sum it up, the, the main difference between your competitors and what you're offering is just, it's going to last during a bigger variety of conditions um, not only humid, but with heat. Is that correct? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Salty bridges does not melt off the body. It, okay. it actually binds to the skin and it's because it's a lanolin base mm -hmm. and lanolin most closely mimics the lipids in human skin and like okay. attracts like, so they bind together. Gotcha. It just lasts and it attaches to the skin without really melting off. And people will notice, you know, it's in a tube. So some people don't love the idea of applying it with their hand because then they're like, I can't get it off my hand. You know, and we tell people right. just rub it in your arm or rub it on your leg or whatever. You yeah. can use a glove if you need to. But the whole reason for that is because it doesn't come off the skin. It attaches right. to the skin, which is what you want. If you're going to do a long hike, you're going to be in the mountains for 10 hours. You don't want to have to reapply. You don't want it to come and bite you because it's melted off the skin or it's evaporated or disappeared or whatever. Right. So, yeah, that's why we put it in a tube. So, number one, you don't cross-contaminate the product. You can use it in all the places from head to toe. You can share okay. it with a suffering friend if you need to. If somebody's with you and you have a deodorant stick and they need to put it where the sun doesn't shine, well, that's no fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> so if you have it in a tube, you can do that very easily. And the viscosity of the product just makes it where it does not play well in an applicator. Okay. It just doesn't work very well as an ointment in an applicator. So that's the, the third reason we use a tube. So let's talk, I mean, you, met, you kind of alluded to the whole chafing issue. So let's talk about, let's talk about chafing for a second here. Sure. So if I was going backpacking in a humid zone, let's say South Carolina or, or wherever, and backpacking, running, the most common area 
that you already mentioned, like the groin areas is a common chafing zone. Are you finding people, yeah. where, what other areas are you finding people are putting this on? Well, definitely where the sun doesn't shine for sure. Um, and in that okay. entire space, I mean, apply it, you put it on a little toilet paper and rub it, you know, where you're going to sit down if you need to. That is a place okay. you want to protect for sure. And they're also using this on their feet. Um, you, okay. I've heard countless stories um, everywhere, everyone from soldiers to ultra runners to hikers, backpackers, people that work in the heat, people that wear uniforms. You can put it all over your feet, in between your toes to avoid, especially in a wet environment, to avoid trench foot, right. to avoid blisters. Okay. Um, just the constant friction and constant rubbing, it gives an extra skin barrier there to protect against that that kind of friction. Um, other places obviously are in armpit areas. If you're wearing a backpack, your shoulders, your lower back, your upper back, if you're wearing hips, hips yes. If yeah. you're wearing a hydration pack that tends to rub the insides of your biceps. Um, and then a couple of places that have come up recently are lips. So if you're, even if you're in real dry spaces. And if you're out for a long time, your mouth will dry out, your lips will dry out. And salty britches is a great mm -hmm. barrier to protect that moisture loss. And then finally, okay. another, another trick is to put a light layer above your eyebrows at an angle. So it helps channel sweat to keep it from running in your eyes. So those are a couple of, wow. Couple of I didn't tricks. even think about mm -hmm. that. Couple of tricks. Yeah. Yep. I actually have more of an issue with like, sometimes the sweat, but the bigger issue is when you get like the sunblock that kind of melts and then gets into oh, your eyes. That so bad. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. It's that's the worst. So you, you can channel the moisture away from your eyes. I hadn't even thought of that. That's interesting. Yeah. And then on the, the tubes, you have a, you have a Bible verse, correct? We do. Yes. What's the verse? Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Okay. And you had, this was kind of like, I don't know how you describe it, but this was a, a big decision to put that on the tube. Is that correct? It was an easy decision for us, but we had to fight for it. So the company okay. that actually prints our tubes, you know, they gave us the advice, quote unquote, um, you don't want to do that. You want to avoid that at all costs. And I'm like, you know, this is my product. Mm -hmm. I, I'm going to do it. Right. And if you won't print it for me, I'll go somewhere that will. Right. <laughs> so they, <laughs> they printed it for us. And um, it it's just a reflection of our values and who we are. But it's more so that building a brand from scratch is very, very difficult. Doing anything in life that's hard, you can do it with Christ. It doesn't mean it won't be hard. It doesn't mean there won't be hard times. It doesn't mean that, you know, there won't be very, very difficult times in life, but no matter what it is, you can do it with Christ. And that is really something that speaks to us as a family and who we are. And it was important for us to put that on the back of every product and back of every tube and even against the grain, because you hear not to do that. Just don't do it. You know, you don't talk about politics. You don't talk about religion. But when we decided to build a brand, it the backbone of our brand is our faith. And it's who we are. So we're like, you know, we're going to do this thing the way we want to do it. And it's important for us to do it around our faith. And that's how we decided to do that. And you made this comment before we started recording that if you eventually get an offer from a bigger company to get bought out, and they ask you to take the verse off, then regardless of what the offer is, you're going to say no. Yes. Yeah. 
we will not compromise on that. And, you know, we just are firm believers that this life is just Mm -hmm. a vapor, you know, and we're just not going to compromise our integrity and our beliefs and our values for money. We just won't do it. I mean, if, if we get a large PO, it could be life changing. And they say, you know, this is going to come down to taking the verse off the back of the tube. We'll say, you know, thanks, but no thanks. You know, I'd rather get to heaven and God say, I'm so proud of you for not taking the verse off the tube instead of him say, why did you do that? You know, I mean, we feel like there's a bigger picture here. Um, so yeah, we are, we are going to stand firm in that. And, um, as long as we own the brand, we will not, we will not take the verse off the package. You know, it's funny because if you told me the story or this idea a couple months ago, I'd have been like, like, is it, are you, you know, trying to solve a problem? That's not a problem because you're kind of creating a scenario that doesn't exist yet or anything. But then at the outdoor retailer show, we ran into a company that got the offer. They said that they, they're a smaller company and they were, going to be purchased, I think it was for like $4 million, and it, which was a lot of money. I mean, it's a lot of money to me. It's a lot of money to them. And so they were ready to sign. And then one of the parts of the contract was just, you know, on your social media posts, every once in a while you use the word God. You just got to stop doing that. They weren't even going so far as putting Bible verses down, but they were like, yeah, that's just kind of, you know, we like we like to refer to God's creation, this and that. And so they said, yeah, we're, we can't do that. So then the deal was off the table. There was no deal just because of that. Good for them. Yeah, but I was like, but I didn't realize that that was a thing. I had heard Duck Dynasty was, you know, told to, to stop their, yeah. their dinnertime prayers and they refused and they kept the show going. So I thought, okay, well, maybe that'll be precedent moving forward, but apparently not. No, they tried to cancel Phil, the dad, you know, from Duck Dynasty. They tried to cancel him, this woke culture. And he's like, you know, forget it. I don't owe you an explanation for anything. And I'm not changing my values or beliefs because you're uncomfortable with it. Keep at it. Cause that's, that is awesome. I love the story. You, I think we had talked through email, like a couple months ago, you're working, I guess like what's the next step for salty bridges. You were working on like a different way to, I don't want to say present it or a different style where it was going to be more accessible to backpackers or what did you have going on? Yeah. So we're working on jars, small jars. Um, You would think that'd be a very easy thing to do, but I can assure you none of this is easy. We have the jars in stock. We are waiting on raw material. Like glass jars or what what kind of jars are you talking about? No, they're they're recycled plastic. Okay. Post-consumer resin. Mm -hmm. So they are smaller. They weigh nothing. Okay. Um, And They'll have two or three, maybe four applications in the jar uh, oh, okay. should it be needed. So currently our tubes are two ounces and the mm-hmm. jar will be a half ounce. Oh, okay. So it doesn't weigh much at all. And we're aware that um, weight means everything to a backpacker. Right. Uh, so this is something that's been in the works for a while. It's just taking much longer than we anticipated, like okay. everything does right now. Right. But um, yeah, we will definitely have that before the end of the year, we're hoping before the fall okay. uh, to be able to offer a really lightweight option. Currently we have a single use pack, um, but it's almost not enough for long distance backpacking. These people need more than a single use pack. For long distance. Yeah. For yeah, most backpackers are like the three to five day backpackers. And I, I yeah. threw one or two of those in my uh, first aid kit. So Oh, good. I thought that was a good, yeah, good solution there. What's the best place to find and purchase Salty Bridges? We're all over the place. Um, you can, a couple of things. You can find us on Amazon, of course. 
we'd be crazy not to be on Amazon. That's probably what most people do. But we really are firm believers in independent retailers. And you can go to our website, Get Salty Britches. You can certainly purchase from our website. And then there's a locations tab where you can find it near you. You can put in, you know, an address or a zip code and it'll tell you within 25, 50, 100 miles um, who the retailers are. So um, we have just, we have a real soft spot for independent retailers and small business and they have really helped us grow our brand. So we're in lots of those. Um, and of course, our website and Amazon. Gotcha. Okay. It is a little bit more expensive on Amazon. We do try to protect our retailers, um, but it is a little little bit higher there. Gotcha. For that. Well, I'll link the website, Get Salty Bridges, in the show description. So they'll. So whoever wants to check it out has, has immediate access. Amy, this has been excellent. Thank you so much for taking the time and coming on all the way from South Carolina. And we're rooting for your company and hope to do very well and continue, continued success. Excuse me. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So Salty Bridges have already revealed that's that's uh, something I've got in my pack right now. I've Ditto. got it in my first aid yes. kit. You got it too? I have it in my garage with all my hiking gear. Um, great stuff. And yeah. I got to say, like, when I heard, I hadn't heard her voice before. So the moment she started talking with that Carolina draw, I was just like, <laughs> where is the cornbread? I'm by the fire and I'm, <laughs> I'm having a great time. I was just, okay. I felt immediately at home. So, all right. I'm going to ask her if she makes cornbread or if you're just stereotyping, but totally we'll stereotyping out. for sure. Yeah. No, she's got a plus voice for sure. And she's, super, and I ended up talking to her for quite a long time. And yeah. I would say that some of the things that, we kind of had just more personal conversations about in terms of just kind of like her industry and right, right. some of the connections she's made, like very inspiring and meaningful conversations. And so, yeah, I definitely made a connection and, and really enjoyed talking with Amy. But one thing that we didn't do so much during the interview, I'm like sort of hesitant to do it now, but I'm sort of not is, um, is talk about the competitors and, mm. Specifically, Body Glide. We've mentioned that a little bit, right? But yeah, yeah. I'm a little disappointed in Body Glide. Talk to us. Why? Open okay. up. Okay. Well, they were at the outdoor retailer show. They had like a small table, kind of like a bar table. Huh. They had four of their, you know, Products. sticks out. Right. They had like the blue one, the pink one, a green <laughs> one. I'm like, so this is the innovation you've had over the last 30 years, Body Glide, is you'd like change colors and one happens to be scented. Wow. And then they're like, yeah, this, I'm like, tell me about it. Like, do you guys have any samples? Do you have anything going on here? Like, what's- No samples? You know, what's, what's, what's new? And they're like, no samples. What? They didn't really seem all that interested to talk. And I just thought, man, I've bought a lot of your guys' stuff over wow. the years. And I just thought, you know, they need to hire guys like us. They do. Who have innovative ideas to kind of mix things up a little bit, right? I feel like it's it's like, are they so big? They're just like, eh, don't even want to be here. We're just, you know, kind of supposed to be here, but we get so many Isn't sales. Isn't that how co some companies are? Like they just, they find a product, enough people are buying it, so they just kind of stay put? Probably. I'm, I'm For sure. Absolutely. Okay, so one thing that didn't make the cut of this interview is I talked to Amy a little bit about the concept of, of can she put her salty britches onto like a wipe? Yeah. All right? Yeah. Because, you know, wipes the way you go. If you have like a single use wipe, yeah. it's lightweight, it's compact, it stows really nicely. And then you can cover kind of a lot of ground with a wipe, depending on how big it is. A lot of ground. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of ground. You probably was. So you need like what, three or four for your head then? Or what do you? <laughs> 
Why, okay, why would I put wipey britches all over my head? I don't know. <laughs> if you had to, why am I doing that? That's, do you understand what I'm talking about, Jerry? You're missing I'm not talking the joke. About, though. You're missing the joke. <laughs> I know what you're saying. What am I saying? It just doesn't make any saying? sense. What am I saying? You're just saying that I've got a bald head and that it needs. There's a lot of ground to cover <laughs> up there. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big bald. <laughs> Woo, big and bald. Big bald and beautiful. No, what I'm saying is, is, is you wouldn't use that kind of wipe on top of your head. I so know what you're saying that. Make any sense. I know that, but I just apparently not. I want to dig that you got a big head but you know yeah you're b cubed big big bald and beautiful she said that, that was a she considered that i don't know if she's serious about that i'm just saying that seems like an obvious innovation it in does. this space that yeah. you know body glads had 30 years to do and i'm you know there, she's already talking about you know putting these little one ounce plastic tubs out there so that we can have kind of backpackable yeah. versions of this. And so she's already Good. thinking through that process. So I guess my takeaway is, come on, Body Glide. What are you doing? Body Glide's hurting. You know, they just don't care yeah. anymore. Where's the passion? There are no samples at the convention? Like, come on. Like, <laughs> that's like standard <laughs> procedure, guys. Right. Even like little ones, like single use ones. I mean, call right? them like wipey britches and like you could, you could just shovel those things out. People are going to... Can you imagine if she brought like wipey britches to their like... As samples and people are just like falling in love with wipey britches, you know what I mean? Or swipey, swipey britches. You can call them swipey break britches. I like I like wipey britches. That's wipey funny. britches. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did also mention that we might do like a Shark Tank episode and that she should be one of the sharks that can kind of oh, cycle yeah. through our ideas and That'd and take them and run with them because she's a entrepreneur or or not. Are you gonna bring them. are you gonna bring up the uh, Ted catheter to her or is that uh... I did talk to her about that. I gave that as an example from her last episode. <laughs> <laughs> you would. You would. Yeah. But we are not yeah, I've got I ooh, I've got a whole list of new ideas. I'm sure you do. Episode, I'm sure so, you do. Yeah. We're still working through who the sharks are gonna be, but she said she's in. So that's huge. We'll see. Uh, the other thing to point out, just to reemphasize in terms of why you might consider Salty Britches versus some of the other com competing brands is she mentioned that this is kind of the nuclear option for East Coast, humidity, moisture, whatever, right. for those that backpack out there. Right. And us sort of being West Coast, you know, backpackers or bias or whatever you want to say, we don't have that type of issue as much. Not and as bad. So yeah. It's not as bad. But we still would use that in our in our zone or our area. But some, if you're out east, you know, Midwest or farther east, just something to consider, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, for sure. They were great. Thank you, Amy. We've got her website and social media also linked in our show description. Yes. All right, so we got one more gear company. This is like a holdover interview from the Outdoor Retailer Show, and I was specifically asking about pricing with the company known as Garmin. So we're here with Josh from Garmin. How's it going today? Hey guys, doing really well. How are you? Good, thanks. Yeah, so thanks for uh, yeah in allowing us to interview you. I had a question on the subscription model that you guys have. So you have like a combination of a monthly subscription fee for service, but then in addition to that, you have an annual registration fee. How did, like what's the purpose behind that? Yeah, so we have the, um, two different ways. You can go to the annual plan, and that's going to be just a little uh, less expensive per month, and that's just because you're locking into a year. You know, you're kind of committing to that year. Um, so we cut you a little break. But we found that a lot of our customers don't necessarily use the inReach all year long. They just want it for specific trips or you know seasons. So um, we introduced the Freedom Plan a few years ago. Freedom Plan 
kind of gets you out of your annual contract. You're, you're kind of buying yourself out of that annual contract, um, but you're not responsible more than the months you need it. So now you're doing 30 day contract periods versus 12 months. And so if I'm going to be hiking or camping, you know, say August, September, no more that year, then, then yep, I'm paying a little more per month. Um, it's not significant, um, but then I'm not paying anything the rest of that year. And 12 months later, you're kind of rebuying yourself out of that annual contract again. So that's where that annual fee comes up. So the registration fee is like the annual fee. So I guess, because like, for example, the Zolio has a dedicated phone number that you have to register. So I guess the thought behind that is like, like when you're registering every year, like you're keeping that phone number active or you're not letting it lapse. So I'm, I guess my question is, what, what is the annual registration fee getting me for Garmin? So that's, that's buying your, you out of your annual, your annual contract. So if you're on an, an if you're on an annual plan, you're not going to pay, you're paying your, your one-time activation fee and then you're, there's no more fees additional addition to your your monthly fees on that annual contract. The only time you have an annual reoccurring fee is just on that freedom plan. And what you're doing is you're you're again buying yourself out of an annual contract. All right, Derek. So what what's your takeaway from the Garmin interview? Uh, Gar, I think you did a good job on this one. Actually, I think you asked some oh, poignant thanks. questions that. Uh, revealed some differences between Zolio and Garmin and the conveniences of one over the other and some of the maybe unnecessary fees that were being charged. Would you agree with that or? Yeah. So I've been, I've been kind of wrestling with this because I feel like all the devices out there have these unnecessary fees. They just kind of package them in different ways. And Garmin's is just really straightforward and obvious. Like you will pay $35 a year just to re up, you know, for your month to month situation. Right. For no real reason. We're just going to charge you 35 bucks. So, yeah, and I hate getting price gouged with stuff like that. So I think here's my, here's my peace of mind, I suppose, is, okay. dude, let's be honest, in like three years, these devices are going away. It's going to be an app battle on our phone. Maybe like Probably. Apple will have their own version and then they'll just be competing by app, not by device. So hopefully that'll drive the price down. Okay. So there's going to be some kind of SOS button on your phone with no reception out there. Don't you think so? Like within three I mean, years, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, it's all about the reception. I mean, can you get the way around the, around the reception to, you know, if you're in the middle of nowhere, you have no reception. Can you SOS somebody? No, no, no. I'm not talking about SOS, but I'm talking about like what you can do with these devices, the satellite features yes. that's just going to be built into our yeah, phones. Well, yeah, it's yeah. so close already. We talked about this a while ago too. We well we asked we asked Zoli about it and he's like well they take so much battery power this and that but the more I've been doing research about it the more this seems like within three years these extra devices granted they don't weigh a ton but we can just throw those out the window look look if we're supposed to have I think what was it uh, correct me if I'm wrong I think it's supposed to be like half the cars in America are supposed to be electric by the year 2030 pretty mm -hmm. sure we can figure out a little uh, you know yeah that doesn't. I'm, I'm confused about that too because I was listening to that on the radio like the latest and greatest electric cars and this and that and then yeah. they're talking about the pricing on the cars are they're just so outrageous you're right. not saving you know the price you're saving on gas whatever you're saving on gas is you know you're you're losing in the cost of the car so if you're just trying to have a different environmental take on things I get it especially if you're using solar panels but I'm not getting I would that. agree with that I would agree with that now. For right. the price of the car. Like the price, like I have an electric car and the price I paid was about half. It went up about half the amount of what I paid uh, okay. the, the following year. So that is the like. The price you paid went up about half. 
So, so whatever I paid, it like, increased it increased by fifty percent the price. It, yeah, that's an easier way to say. It. Yeah, it was it was absurd. Okay. So if you're buying the same car now, it's like it it makes sense what you're saying. Yeah, because you're just throwing money away essentially because right. of what what happened with uh, Corona and all this other shortages of you know supply and demand and all that stuff. So right. Okay. Yeah, I can get by that. So all that to say, so Derek's predicting electric cars half by the year twenty thirty. I'm saying. I'm not predicting that. I'm not predicting that's what they're saying will happen, but okay. I don't know if it will. Right. I don't know if I agree with that. Well, whoever they is, they, yeah. you know, they. I'm saying, I'm saying this. I'm predicting Whoa. three years. Whoa. It's an app on your phone. Your predictions are what? What, what do we say? 80, 80% correct minus 70%. I said our predictions, yours and mine, we're pretty good at predicting. Okay. We're like 80% yeah. minus 70%. That's true. Okay. So <laughs> uh, overall, good though. Thank you to all the companies. We have one, we got an MP3. It's been kind of sitting around for a while. I kind of poked the bear with Jared a few episodes ago talking about whether we should share stoves or not. If you remember that, and I was like, why can't we just stink and share a stove? And so here's his response. Yep. Hello, backpacking and blisters. This is Jared weighing in on the self-contained versus shared load. As mentioned in an earlier episode, it was brought up that I was the one that did not want to share the stove on one of our backpacking trips. And I kind of stood my ground on that. It was proposed to me to be lighter and save money. Uh, I have stated in other videos and content that I really enjoy backpacking because I have no responsibilities out there except for myself. Get to a step away from my family, get to step away from my kids, my wife, and just worry about myself. And that's kind of a calming presence out there. When I have to start sharing equipment with others, it starts getting me thinking about others and adds a little extra stress that I don't feel is needed. Um, I also feel when you share the load, things get um, brought up from previous years like, oh, well, I carried this on the last trip, so you have to carry this. When you're self-contained, you don't have to worry about those conversations. You don't even involve yourself in them. It ended up being a moot point anyway because I decided to go stoveless on this last trip and just take dry food with me. Um, and so as a result, it was lighter and I did save money because I didn't have to carry anything for anyone and I didn't have to purchase gas. Jared, man, really appreciate it. I, I don't think I named you, but just really appreciate you following up with that. In the end, you did go stoveless. When we recorded our episode, you had not made that decision yet, but um, I appreciate, yeah, I just appreciate your thought behind it. Yeah. What you said regarding the stoves, I still am sticking to my guns with, you know, I think we should be willing to share stoves, but you, you had some, you had lines of reasoning there that makes sense, especially in light of, you know, the history of our group, but you also had a couple other interesting thoughts in there. Derek, did you catch any of those? Well, in, the, in regards to, you know, he doesn't have to think about anybody else when he's going stoveless. He just has to think about him. Yeah. No responsibilities except for himself because he, he's usually very responsible with his kids and his wife and job. Well, I was going to say, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I, I understand maybe where he's coming from. We're like, I am pulled in a lot of directions out here right. at home. So, you know, when you get away, you know, maybe it's, it's, maybe it's a mental release and break for you to just to worry about you for a change. Right. And not worry about anybody else. But I mean, I got to say like, look, Jared, when you're on a trip with Carl, you know how needy he is and he's going to need <laughs> that, you know, sharing time or it's going to hurt him. That's all oh I'm going to say. Gosh. So just be aware of yeah. that. The concept of that makes sense to me and it appeals to me, but I have not been able to go on a trip where I'm just like, I'm just going to focus on myself. I'm always making sure everybody's safe. 
I'm making sure that we're making good decisions, that we're navigating correctly. I'm just, I'm checking in with folks, making sure they're doing okay. So for me, I don't know if it's me being a trip leader or not, but even this most recent trip I went on, the newbie trip, I was just a tag along guy and I still ended up with gear in my pack yeah. that wasn't mine. I ended up trying to strategize wow. with a, another leader about what we should do with a guy that was struggling. And so I just, I don't right. know if that's just me, but for me, I, I just want to... I want to focus on myself, but I, ha I have the obligation to care for my fellow man. And in Jared's defense, right. I don't think he's really that way either because I just think back to some of the trips and just, you know, the guy that was struggling with his back, Jared was one of the guys that took weight. Jared was one of the guys that helped him through tough sections. So I think it's like nice in concept. I don't know that that really ever plays out well. What do you think? Mm, well, I think when you got a big heart, you're going to end up doing good things anyway. And it's... Uh you know, I think it's a double-edged sword in the sense of, yes, it's good to help other people, but if you're trying to, like, check out and do your own thing, a backpacking trip is maybe not the best place to do that unless you go by yourself or, or with somebody who's, like, yeah. seasoned and independent. Because, like, when you get a group of people together, I, I don't even know a trip where, like, oh, you know, we needed to share this or somebody had to carry this or we have to help each other with something. Right. It's every time. Yes, sharing makes him think about others, he said, which he doesn't want to do. But I think in the end, most trips, like, we're, we're taking care of each other. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to disagree with that. So, Jared, you want to respond to that? Oh. Have at it, man. And MP3 it up. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. All right. Uh, I've got some word puzzle trivia that's gear-themed coming up right after this. Bring it. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. All right, so on one of our Patreon episodes, I did a word puzzle with a guest host, uh, Villain Jesse, and I asked yep. him, I said, should I run one of these types of trivias by Derek? And oh, he boy. said, not only to say yes, he said, oh, you should have Derek run one of these trivias by you. So Ooh. this, my friend, is your punishment. If you get this one wrong, you've got to design your own word puzzle trivia for an upcoming episode. Word puzzle trivia sounds yeah. invigorating. Sounds yeah. invigorating. No, it's fun. It's fun. So you'll see. It's all gear themed. So all the answers are gear brands. Okay. Answers are gear brands. Got it. Gear brands are, or models, I should say. And so I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you a clue, and then I'm going to give you the puzzle, 
and you've got to figure it out. You know, give me the puzzle. I got to figure it out and name the brand of gear. Name the brand or model. So I'll, okay. I'll, it'll be specific. So the first All one right. is a food company, backpacking related, of course. Backpacking and here's the word puzzle. It's similar to large hill plus cabin. Mountain house. Here we go. Whoa, are you serious? You got that immediately. Whoa, whoa. Okay, okay. I need to up my game here. I sense like a little patronization. I sense a little patronization. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. When when villain Jesse was on, I gave him like a softball one for the first one. And he's a pretty sharp guy and he got it still, but it took it took a little bit to process. Well, Bill and Jesse. And you get that right. You know, away. you gotta step yeah. it up if you wanna be a part, you know, that's all right. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you the one. I'll, t- I'll tell you what I gave him, okay, and see how fast it is. Okay, so this one doesn't count, but I gave him this one. I gave him airplane plus hot bubbles. <laughs> airplane plus hot bubble. This is a, yeah. what What kind of company is this, food? This is just a, I, I think all I told him was a gear company. Oh, jeez. No, he's got me on this one. I don't know. Okay, and we actually talked about this company a lot in the episode, too. Uh, so it's similar to airplane plus hot bubbles. That one was, airplane was uh, jet, and hot bubbles is boil. Oh, yeah. jet boil. Yeah. It's all right. You're still one for one. You're good. Yeah. Okay. All right. This is a stove model. All right. Backpacking stove, stove model. model. Similar to short wallet holder plus spaceship. Wallet holder plus spa- rocket. Pocket Whoa! rocket. There you go. Woo! Okay. You've already passed, my friend. Buckle up. Yeah. Okay. Buckle up. Whew, okay, this one is a backpack company. Okay. Opposite of mellow plus dark. Go go light. Go light? Uh, Hyper light? Hyper light. There you go. Go light actually works too. Hyper light. <laughs> Dude, you killed this man. Wow. Wow. I got to up my game. All right. All right. So you don't have to do the word puzzle trivia, but you get how it works now. So if you want to throw that at me in the future, have at it. We could word puzzle you. We could word puzzle you. Okay. I don't want you to get upset, though. <laughs> you going to be okay if you fail? I'll probably fail. I mean, fail. when your partner's answering, answering before you even finish the question. I know, I know. You, you were good at this. All right, so I, I got one tidbit. Speaking of the jet boil, Brooke was listening to a recent episode, and she just wanted to point out that on Amazon, there's a company called Oily Camp that makes a one-liter pot that looks like a jet boil pot that's more efficient. You put it on a stove. Ooh. That's cheaper than the jet boil. I haven't tried it out. Uh, okay. I don't know. I think I checked out the reviews and they were pretty positive. I got to double check that. Yeah. But Oily Camp is something if you're looking for like a cheaper version of yeah. Jeppo, she says it's been working for her. So thank you, Brooke. And that, my friend, is all I got. That is all I got. That was fun, guys. Thank you to all the companies. Uh, check us out at Patreon and Instagram at the Backpacking Blisters Podcast. Uh, we will see you next time, guys. Remember, guys, if you're looking for a fanny pack to bring on the trip, check out the Chicken Tramper. It's so good. At holding things that can even hold Carl's insecurities. We'll see you next time. I want to fly I called up the Salty Bridges lady and I said, Look, Amy, I said, um, I was like, Is there like a friend Bridges wipe that you guys have? Because like sometimes you get a lot of friction with the friends, you know what I mean? And she's like, No, there's not, but. You know, a lot of that friction is, is the reason why, um, you know, Carl's has, has those uphill quads. You know, it's a lot of friction. So we're going to start with the quad wipes. Then we'll go to the friend wipes. Stay tuned. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave.
Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. I'm Will Cooper, host of Hunt Stand's Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from Hunt Stand Presents. Anywhere, anytime, and on any device.